the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pence. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. President Trump is denying he'd been briefed on reported U.S. intelligence that Russian military intelligence units secretly offered bounties to Taliban-linked militants for killing American troops in Afghanistan. Also on SRNews.com, President Trump is directing the federal government to overhaul its hiring to prioritize a job applicant's skills over a college degree. Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia says the new executive order restores the U.S. economy to the near full employment levels which preceded the coronavirus shutdown. It was policies of tax cuts, of deregulation that brought us there, uh, which was just a wonderful thing for the American worker as jobs were being created and uh, wages were rising. But there was other work going on, and what you see today is a manifestation of other things that were being done that are now going to have their day to really help. This is SRN News. Mark Levin sees a strategy from the media. And so now I watch these attacks on the president by one reporter after another, and I'm convinced that they talk to each other. They share ideas. They share on how they're going to attack the president, try and quote him from March when he didn't think it would be as big a problem as it is today. The president is basing his opinions on what these experts are telling him. He's not making things up. Moreover, he's not trying to panic the nation. The media do that. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Our half-off home makeover is here, and we're going to highlight Archer Exteriors. Incredible appearance and durability. Get the world's highest performance James Hardy fiber cement siding installed for your whole home. Plus, there's a variety of beautiful colors to choose from. These deals end soon. You can learn more at am1280thepatriot.com. Just past 2 o'clock on the Sunday here in the Twin Cities. Forecast for today, thunderstorms likely. We reach a high of 88. And we got Hour 2, Mitch Berg filling in for Brad Carlson on the Narn starting right now. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that is making talk radio great again. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, five days a week for 18, almost 19 years now. Every single weekday bringing you the best, or at least my favorite, uh, Minnesota national world politics, history, current events, pop culture, music, and whatever else grabs my fancy. This, of course, uh, the, the show prep every week for this very broadcast. Uh, well, actually, my usual show Saturdays from 1 to 3, as well as uh, Brad Carlson. Sunday from 1 to 3, I'm in for him. He's off on assignment today. King Banyan joins us every Saturday morning on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, doing the best show on economics anywhere in, let's be honest, the world. 
right here on our own Salem Radio Airwaves, on our sister station. Anyway, check out the entire Northern Alliance Radio Network every weekend. Dominating Twin Cities media always has been, always will be. I may be a little hyperbolic. I don't much care. Anyway, <laughs> uh, feel free to give us a call, by the way, 651-289-4488. You can also join us on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N Show short for Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, you, you can talk, you can write, any way you want. We'd love to get you on the broadcast here. So, math has gotten a bad name in Minnesota among those who are paying attention over this past three months. Uh, led by the state of Minnesota and its public health authorities running its predictions and really driving policy in Minnesota via a set of models that appear to have been put together by a couple of graduate students over a round of beer pong and some dominoes one weekend uh, and is presented as pretty much anything that, that government or that Governor Waltz wants the model to be to get any policy that he and his administration want jammed down. And by the way, they can't show us the model because the dog apparently ate it. I'm stylizing the story a bit. But, in fact, the story is not a whole lot less Babylon B-worthy. But science being what it is, epidemiology being what it is, facts being what they are, there are multiple ways of looking at it. And with us, uh, uh, join us this uh, half hour on the broadcast here, uh, from Cincinnati, I believe, I'm joined by Dr. Douglas Frank, who has been uh, working on his own statistics regarding COVID nationwide, a project that has been explained to me very sketchily and yet seems kind of fascinating at this point. So hence, here we are talking with uh, Dr. Frank. Dr. Frank, welcome to the broadcast. Why, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, our mutual friend of ours uh, and <laughs> frequent guest on the broadcast, uh, Jeff Williams, uh, introduced us here. So this is the first we talked. Haven't done a whole lot of prep work on this, but let's kick things off uh, with a little bit about you, uh, Dr. Douglas Frank. Tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, where you work, and uh, then we'll get into the project you've been uh, uh, wrenching on here. Sure. Uh, I'm a scientist. Uh, in my soul, I'm a scientist. <laughs> I've been doing uh, science professionally for about 40 years. Um, I also have a small business where I make uh, scientific devices. I am an analytical kind of guy. If you need an analytical device, I'm your guy. Uh, I've, uh, in fact, I've been in your neck of the woods several times, 3M's a customer. So I've Excellent. built devices for them. So it, they're mostly kind of lab kinds of things, but there are a few commercial products that end up in uh, bowling pro shops around the world. So most people don't know about my work unless they're in a particular specialty. But so anyway, my PhD is in surface analytical chemistry. It's a uh, sounds like an esoteric thing. But when people say, what do you do, Dr. Frank? Well, if you put a piece of metal in water and attach electricity to it, that's what I do. Uh, what's interesting is that um, because the mathematics in those situations um, they have a certain, there's a certain type of mathematics associated with that. It's almost identical to the mathematics that you use in ep epidemiology. So just kind of as a hobby, starting 40 years ago, I've been modeling epidemics. I modeled the AIDS epidemic. I modeled, modeled SARS. I modeled Ebola. You know, it, it's, a, it's a been kind of a fun thing for me to do all these years. And then also, I'm the math and science chair at a local school here for gifted children. It's called the Schilling School for Gifted Children. Uh, I helped to start the school 25 years ago. 
And, you know, my friends tell me that I teach NASA kids. It's fun. These are really bright kids. And so when I teach them calculus, I don't just teach it to them from the book. I always try to pick every year around Christmas time or so, pick some real life issue that's going on, and we apply the math we're learning to that real life issue. So normally here this year, I would have picked the election. And we typically do that in my calculus class every four years. We model the election. We put in all the consumer price index, the economy, the employment rates, the historical trends and all that stuff. We put it all together, and we, I teach them how to do mathematics, and we always make a prediction for the election. And what's fun is we predicted the one in 2016, too. People were kind of thought we were insane, but we predicted Trump was going to win that, which is fun. Um, but uh, anyway, where I'm going with this is that that's what we normally would have done this year, except – I happen to have an exchange student this year from China. Guess where he's from? Wuhan, <laughs> China. So we decided instead of doing um, – can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. You're coming through loud and clear. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, it, uh, it, it was quiet, sorry. Um, instead of doing the election, we decided to model the epidemic. So we it seems started timely. modeling it back in December and January. And then um, – as February came along, my head of school came to me and said, hey, Doug, what's going on with uh, Europe? Because we're supposed to take a group of students to, to Europe in April. What's it going to be like? So I started modeling Europe. And before I knew it, I was modeling all 50 states in about 20 countries. And my habit is to post those, per, those predictions online. My brother always used to say, if you make a prediction, seal it in an envelope and mail it to yourself. That way people know you really made that prediction. Well, I used Facebook that way for about 10 years. I've been doing that. So I started putting my predictions up online, and people started coming to my personal Facebook page. Before I knew it, I hit my 5,000 limit. So a friend of mine started a new Facebook page called Dr. Frank Models. I just checked. There's 21,000 people on there listening to me today, and about another 50,000 or so that see everything that goes on there every couple of days. So it suddenly turned into this amazing source of information. Everybody likes it. So far, so good. Okay, so this is this just uh, before we go much further. The the term model, kind of like the term polling in some electoral uh, in uh, some election seasons, gets a bad or at least somewhat misleading name. I mean, people look at the modeling that the University of Minnesota or the aforementioned grad students did for the Waltz administration here in Minnesota, and see that the model that they've been setting policy by has been wildly at odds with reality. I mean, by by this point in the epidemic, we were supposed to have 20,000-odd dead, according to the official model, and we're hanging around at about 1,400 right now, which is, is, is a smile problem, unless you've married yourself to the idea of a model. What do... I mean, I, I get the idea that a model is... A, a, a way of trying to predict things by, by, by taking the math and the other characteristics of the past and, and entering some variables and seeing what the possibilities are and what the ranges of possibilities are. But what do people, before we get to the modeling that you and your students have been doing, just explain the idea of what a model is supposed to be because, boy, the term's getting, been getting beaten up pretty bad here in Minnesota this last three months. That's great. The Let's say you and I are playing catch with a football or a baseball or something, and yes. I throw a ball to you. Well, that ball is going to follow the path of a parabola, um, unless a bird comes by and grabs it, or unless the wind suddenly picks it and pushes it away. So it, modeling is a way for us to understand what is happening and why it's happening, but that doesn't mean that a model controls reality. 
So, right. you know, you and I are playing catch. You're going to assume that that ball is going to land in your mitt at, the, at a certain amount of time. You're gonna, uh, my, your brain is going to be tracking it. You're going to see it, you know, coming towards you. And, and that's what models are useful. It help, without the model, you don't really understand what's going on. So you right. make some fundamental assumptions, you make some predictions based upon those assumptions, and then you act accordingly. If, if something deviates from the model, then you go, whoa, what's going on here? Let's, let's look into this. Let's see if we can understand why. And sure enough, early, in my early days of modeling, uh, well, I, I, I can go there. Uh, let me tell you just a second about the site. So what I did was I was listening to the media, and it was making, just like you mentioned, all these large predictions. And I had been modeling for months already, and everything I had been seeing didn't match what I was hearing in the media. So I did an experiment. I'm a scientist. I set up an experiment. And, I get, and when you do an, a good experiment, you have controls. My, control, my controls are as follows. I said, I'm allowed to use two kinds of data. I can go to certain kinds of websites to gather those data. And then I'm blocking myself from all media, all news, all scientific <sighs> publications, everything. So since late February, I have not seen any news, any data, any, anything other than my own gathering of data. So in other words, I'm letting the data guide me and guide my thinking. No politics, no opinions, no other models. In fact, you've removed yourself from all external suggestions. Other models. You've removed yourself from all external suggestion that could, uh, could could skew your results, even even subconsciously. Exactly, and it's, so it's a little different than a model that your state might be using. Your state might be saying. We've got certain population densities. We're assuming a certain contagious factors. We're going to propagate all that through a model and make predictions. You know, what if we do this amount of social distancing? What if we do this or do that? Or your, your state's kind of making those kind of models. I'm not making that kind of model. I'm using mathematics where I gather the data and then you, you do, um, I don't want to get too technical, but you do all kinds of like mathematical analyses of all da- data and then project those data. So it's, it's the data guiding my thinking not some preconceived notions. Now, I did have some bad preconceived notions at first because I've been modeling uh, China. That was, in fact, where I started. And we all know today that the data we got from them was, were, were not complete. Right. That's a polite way to put that. So, so my initial assumptions were pretty off. Um, in fact, I way underpredicted at first. But, of course, the beautiful thing about science is it's iterative. You... You start with assumptions, you make, an, you make a hypothesis, and you do an experiment, and if the experiment comes out the way you predict, good, you probably know what's going on. If the experiment doesn't come out the way you predict, okay, what's wrong with your assumption? So it's self-purifying. And it didn't take me too long before I realized there was something wrong, and we had to adjust the assumptions whatnot. But I would say maybe a third of the way into the epidemic from then on, I was getting pretty darn close. And I think that drew a lot of people to the site, too, because, you know, they go to the media and they hear, um, exaggerated claims and scary things, and then they come to my site and they say, "Hey, wait a minute! This guy's predicting actually what's happening. What, what's going on here?" So that, that's we're talking with Doctor Douglas Frank. Uh, by the way, uh, Doctor Frank, we got to take a break here. Can we? Can, we're going to need to keep you for another segment because we are not even to the beef of this whole uh, discussion yet. Can we keep you for another segment? Happy to stay. Happy to stay. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, if you got questions or comments for Doctor uh, Douglas Frank and his modeling. Uh, give us a call, 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also reach us on Twitter, 
at hashtag Narn Show. That's N-A-R-N Show. I will post a link to Dr. Frank Models, by the way, at uh, shotinthedark.info as soon as I get a moment here. Uh, sometime when I get off the air, certainly, uh, or if not before. So tune in, by the way, and give us a call. We'll be right back. Go nowhere. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. limitless access to intelligent talk stream am 1280 the patriot with our free app your smart speaker or with iheart tune in and radio.com we live in the twin cities but serve worldwide as the will of the students goes so goes the will of the nation this is a central theme in the new movie return to the hiding place the film about Corey Ten Boom and her secret army of teenagers' heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Corey's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the Billy Graham Association. Now, 45 years later, comes Return to the Hiding Place, the untold behind-the-scenes true story of Corey's secret army of student teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poli, one of Corey's teens in the Resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Reese davis Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with promo code Minneapolis. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com, promo code Minneapolis. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, Forgotten Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. Forgotten Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold. Get an $8,025 high-efficiency gas furnace for just $4,012 through this special offer from Blue Ox Heating and Air in this station. There's just one half-off furnace. Go to this station's website, click on the half-off home makeover banner, or call the station now. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Join us, won't you please? By the way, you can also join us on your Amazon smart speaker. You can listen to all your favorite Patriot hosts, be they Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, or me. Anyway, you can listen to us hands-free on your Amazon smart speaker. Tune in by saying, enable the Patriot Minneapolis. 
You only have to do this the very first time. After that, you just say, play the Patriot Minneapolis to stream in high quality. Check out the simple how-to video on our website, am1280thepatriot.com. Use the keyword Alexa. And by the way, the first word you hear will be from me welcoming you to our Alexa stream. So I uh, hope, to, hope to see you there. I, I haven't heard that in a while. been a while. 651-289-4488, the number to call. Uh, if you care to join us, we'd love it if you did. We're also on Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show, especially right now if you've got a question or comment for Dr. Douglas Frank, who has started modeling COVID back before all the kids were doing it, back before the U of M was doing it. And uh, he's the proprietor of modeling, uh, modeling, Dr. Frank Models uh, out on Facebook. I posted the link to that at shotinthedark.info. That's live on the uh, blog right now if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you want to check and see, see the work. So let's, that's where we left things, uh, Dr. Frank. Uh, you started modeling this some time ago. You, you did the iteration that is the, the stuff of actual science. Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment here. But uh, So tell us a little bit about what you've been finding via your modeling efforts. Oh, great question. So um, what I found is that basically, um, if you think of the United States as a forest fire, uh, uh, the epidemic is a forest fire. The forest fire has already come through. It's already done its damage. And now the firemen are going around log to log, you know, putting out a spot fire here or there. But basically, the pandemic is over in America. And um, we're cleaning up. You know, uh, another way of looking at it, maybe a hurricane. The hurricane's gone past and we're in cleanup mode. <laughs> So it sounds like you're kind of in line with the, the admission that came out from uh, some scientific authorities this past week that says the count of cases is likely at least 10 times what the, the public released figure is. Instead of 2.3 million cases, we're likely up in the 20s and, and, and then perhaps even higher. It sounds like you're kind of on, on that uh, side of things, Dr. Frank. I wouldn't know because I'm not tracking that. But the okay. data are unambiguous um, in in terms of deaths. Uh, I shouldn't say unambiguous, but are really clear in terms of death. One of the things I always caution people is don't don't follow cases to track the progress of the epidemic. Cases are subject exactly. to all kinds of issues. You know, I'm a scientist, yep. so I'm used to defining I'm used to defining experiments and having controls. And and cases are like ridiculously out of control. Let me give you an example. Um, let's say that there's a you have 5% of your population has, has COVID. Okay, well, you do 100 tests today. Well, you're going to find five people. And then tomorrow you do 200 tests. Now you're going to find 10. So, in other words, if you change the conditions of your testing, you're going to find more or less cases. And it didn't really change anything on the ground. So that's a big problem with using cases. You know, whereas if a person dies, a person dies. And that's pretty much, you know, one for one. There's some ambiguity there since about the middle of the epidemic since the um, WHO and CDC changed the definitions. But uh, that about doubled the number of deaths almost like within a week of right. what you would have had otherwise. So definitions matter too. But you can still see the trends way better and much more reliably if you follow deaths, not cases. So I try to encourage people, don't track cases. Another huge problem with cases is, is um, because of the site I get, people contacting me from all around the country. The other day, a nurse was calling me, and she says, you know, she's going back to work now because the hospitals are be resuming their elective surgeries. So what happens is she tested positive for COVID. She actually had it. So she's not allowed to go back to work until she tests a neutral for, like, two or three tests in a row. I don't remember exactly what it was. So, but she's been testing for weeks now, and she's turned in seven positive tests, 
and each of those count as a case. So there's double counting, in other words, as well. So even though that really you and I would think, okay, that's one person with a case, that shows up as seven on your website. And to, as when I was doing my prep, because since I knew you guys from Minnesota, I went and looked at your website today. And yes. as of June 5th, your state reports every test, regardless if it's a duplicate person or not. So that's a problem with using cases to monitor the progress in your state as well. Many people will show multiple times, and that's, that's not really what you think that number means. <laughs> that, so I could give you five more reasons why not to follow cases, but I think I've made this point pretty clear already. Yeah, and it's music to my ears because I, being in the metro, being being in the middle of Karen Central, and if you've been isolating yourself from the news, the reference to Karen may be completely lost on you. If so, you're, you're a blessed man indeed. But we, we are. And this will come back to the subject that I want to finish off with at the end of the segment here, which is is, is yeah. the the uses of science. But uh, the, the idea, I mean, the media is leading. I'll just pass this on to you since you've you've cloistered yourself away from the media. The case count is being gone over like like the score at the Super Bowl. Watch people watching case counts bouncing up and down without any context and without references to deaths or I think another meaningful measure that is harder to get, but I think also meaningful hospitalizations and ICU utilization. Also very I mean, people don't go to the hospital or get in, get in the ICU unless there's a hard need for it. Maybe a little, a little less harder than the death statistics, but they don't get much harder than death. You're right. Uh, so music yeah, to my ears right there. Number, yeah, absolutely. So so in Minnesota, we, we have uh, we and again, this may be news to you. It may not. Uh, Minnesota has taken a very, I'll just say, authoritarian line. On, on, the, on, on government emergency powers and enforcing a quarantine. The media has been incredibly lax in distinguishing between cases and deaths, which are running at about 5% the rate predicted. And uh, we're also uh, we're next door to Wisconsin, which reopened by court declaration uh, several weeks ago, uh, well over a month ago. Uh, and wow. the results have been fascinating. I, I, I'm, I'm told you may have actually modeled, uh, gone through the results uh, comparing Minnesota and Wisconsin, Dr. Frank? Yeah, I've, I've done all the states. And oh, really? Do I'm, tell. I'm not, I'm not um, surprised. Okay, I don't, I, I'm going to be careful because I don't like to make political comments. But I'm sort of not surprised when you said that your state has taken kind of an authoritarian view. Right. Because you're because since I've been tracking the state websites really carefully, that's one of my major sources of information. Um, Minnesota has actually become less transparent as a state. Yes. They're showing less and less data than they used to show. And they're showing more and more of the wrong kinds of data, the kind of data that mis give you a mis misimpression about what's going on. So in other words, if, if I'm showing you more and more cases and less and less about death, I'm trying to make it look worse than it is. Yeah. And that's, that's what I would say your website is like. And I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's, it used to have what, what my favorite, I call it the gold standard, where you show how many deaths actually happened on a particular day. Not how many deaths were reported on a particular day, because a lot of times the state gets them reported weeks after they actually happened. But when they go to the right. trouble to go back and place them on each day, so you know, okay, on you know June 1st, we had 20 people die in our state. Boom, there it is. You know, And on June 2nd, we had this many people die in the state. That's not what it was reported. That's when it actually happened. 
those that's so, the gold standard. You can really track the epidemic that way. Um, your state used to do that, but they quit doing it two to three weeks ago. And that that's a signal to me that they are becoming less transparent for some reason. And I don't know the politics. I don't even know if your governor is a Democrat or Republican, so I'm not making any kind of comment like that. But I, I'm telling you, that's what I see. Whereas the states that want to open up, the states that want to inform their people, they show evidence that supports that. So they'll show the deaths versus date. Why? Because guess what, guys? The fire's already been through. And if you can show the fire, you know, if I'm a governor and I'm opening up the state, I want to give evidence that supports that. So, of course, I'm going to show the data that shows that the forest fire's already been through. If I want to keep the state closed down for some reason, and I don't know if there's a good reason or a bad reason for that. I'm not saying anything about that. But if I'm trying to keep it closed down, then I don't want to show the data that make it look like things are good. Does that, am I coming through? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Uh, Dr. Frank, we've got some callers on the line. We're very short on time for this segment. Yeah. Can we keep you for one more segment? This is fascinating stuff. And, uh, and honestly, this is going to be... Absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, we're talking with doc, Dr. Douglas Frank, uh, who is, is talking about, by the way, he's the proprietor of Dr. Frank Models uh, on Facebook, which I have linked at shotinthedark.info. And, uh, and by the way, just uh, very briefly before, and by the way, if you're on the line, hold the line. We'll get you to your call right after this uh, upcoming break here. Uh, but uh, and because and, this is fascinating stuff and this is definitely going uh, front and center on, on the blog here after the show here. Uh, Dr. Frank, by the way, uh, this this work you've been doing at Dr. Frank Models, is this yours? Is this a collaborative effort with you and uh, your students at the high school you work at? It's just mine. It started out with my students. But, you know, of course, in class, we did it for about a month and then it was time to move on to the next topic. So then I just continued it myself. And then when the schools all shut down, um, because we did that in Ohio, it gave me the time to kind of invest a lot of time uh, into it at the beginning, especially. And, uh, you know, now I'm getting back to work, so I don't quite have as much time as I used to, but I'm spend quite a few hours on their updating states every day yeah you know this is uh, me and my co-workers did a bunch of us but we're a bunch of this sort of thing in our off time on 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 various web meetings uh over the last three months obviously we were all cavemen when it comes to the the, the art and craft of modeling uh we'll talk more about this in a moment here as well as taking phone calls at 651-289-4488 uh we'll also take questions via twitter at hashtag narn show that's n-a-r-n show the link to dr frank models is at shot in the dark.info we'll get back for one more segment Right after this, go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-514-1026 if you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns. Help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today at 
800-514-1026 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-514-1026 to see if you qualify. That's 800-514-1026. Here's a few of the amazing deals available through our half-off home makeover. Ah, yes. The half-off home makeover radar is picking up some really massive savings this week. Okay, there's no deal radar, but if there were, it would be showing a front of 50% off savings coming in. That includes a red-hot 2012 Hyundai Elantra from Invergrove Hyundai. Edmunds expert review says thanks to head-turning styling, a fuel-efficient engine, and a long list of standard safety features, the 2012 Hyundai Elantra is a top pick for a small sedan. And you can drive it away today for 50% off. Stay cool and comfortable in the shade with a motorized remote control retractable awning. Installed by the pros at Minnesota EcoBuilder, its rust-proof hardware and fade-resistant fabric will have you sipping a delicious iced tea on the back patio in comfort for years to come. Without the sunburn, of course. Expecting rain? Well, they've got you covered literally in that case, too. These deals are first come, first serve. So drop by am1280thepatriot.com today. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed, and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761-800-430-8761-800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, or hashtag NarnShow if you want to join uh, myself in my conversation with Dr. Douglas Frank, uh, the proprietor of Dr. Frank Models, which is linked right now at shotinthedark.info. We'll uh, come back to that in a moment here, but I, I get people coming to you all the time saying, Mitch, I love rewards programs but I hate hauling the cards around. They're just so heavy. Well, we got the hookup for you here. The AM12A The Patriot Fan Club is here. Go to am12athepatriot.com. Click on Fan Club for member-exclusive access to perks, prizes, savings, giveaways, getaways, and much, 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 much more. If it's on the station and it's something you want in on, that's your entree. The Patriot Freedom Fan Club, am12athepatriot.com. Like I said, we were talking with Dr. Douglas Frank, the proprietor of Dr. Frank Miles, among other things, uh, among many other things, actually, from the son of it, Dr. Frank. Uh, we've got some uh, callers who have been waiting patiently on the line here. Let's go to St. Paul and John. Welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You are live and on the air. Dr. Frank, Minnesota has twice the number of deaths as Wisconsin, essentially the same population size, same number of people in long-term care facilities. At one point, we had fewer deaths in Wisconsin, but then it just took off. I'm wondering if you can shed any light on that. 
Yeah, uh, the, the, the death rates between the, the death rates between Wisconsin and Minnesota are are marked. And by the way, you look at the other surrounding states. My native North Dakota has about one third the death rate per million of Minnesota, and they they hardly close down at all. So, uh, any light you can shed on the that discrepancy, Doctor Frank? Yeah, it's um, most of our deaths in the country have been in rest homes. So it wouldn't take much. Um, to a difference in policy and how you protect your rest homes to make a really big difference. Um, I think it's a mistake, especially at this juncture, to think of states as entities. Uh, you know, it's almost more like cities and counties. Uh, if a city or a county has done a good job protecting their, their rest home facilities, then they won't have a lot of deaths, since most of the deaths are in places like that. When you look at the statistics, uh, the demographics of, of the deaths, they tend to be um, older people with comorbidities. So, you know, I like to tell people about death rates. If I if I infected an entire high school with 100 percent people with COVID, we wouldn't have a single death. So the death rate would be zero. But all I'd have to do is walk into a rest home and, you know, and spread it there and we could have a really high death rate, you know, 15 to 20 percent. So it kind of depends where the infections are. And, And to characterize a whole state by that is a little it's not statistically a good way to go for it. How about that for an answer? That's true. And in fact, along with, and this has been a pattern, I, I wouldn't say I'm sophisticated enough to model anything. I mean, I, I was an English major. I, I wish I'd had a math teacher like you in high school. It probably would have come out a lot different. Um, I did not, uh, and more's the pity. But uh, the pattern I've noticed, in, and I, I am sophisticated enough to pick up patterns, is that, yes, you note age, uh, living in long-term care facilities, uh, comorbidities of all types is highly correlated with the spread of the disease. And Population density, that's something that seems to have come out of the reports that the CDC published from South Korea, from Taiwan, from Hong Kong. Uh, Not just population density, but the population density of people who spend a lot of time packed together indoors in open plan offices, in in mass transit, in subways, in in long-term care facilities, and bars and restaurants, and church choirs in particular, a a particularly uh, aggressive vector. Uh, I mean, you look at Minnesota. And again, not to separate the state, but let's separate the different populations. You have entire swaths of Minnesota that haven't seen a case yet. They tend to be the low-density parts of the state. And in the meantime, the metro area, uh, the, the, the main counties here in the Twin Cities metro area, are the hotbeds of transmission and of the fatalities here. Have you noticed, has your modeling noticed that there's a particular correlation with density, or is it largely correlated with comorbidity, age, and long-term care residents? I think the latter, and I think you put your finger on exactly what's going on. You know, somebody asked me to do Texas the other day, so I did a whole workup on Texas, and I had trouble finding counties with any deaths in them. For you know, you click along, and they're like 270 counties. That's a big place, yeah. and yes. you know, two-thirds of them didn't have any deaths. So it's like to talk about Texas as a whole doesn't make sense. It makes sense to talk about where are the infections. And now early on in the epidemic, I think it did make more sense to talk about it as a state because you have a wild infection. It's spreading just about everywhere, right? It's, it's, it's like the forest fire is going everywhere. But later in the, in the epidemic, not so much. So yeah. and, and as your caller mentioned, it, at the beginning, you guys were, I don't know, I don't mean to make this sound trite, but you guys were ahead of Wisconsin, right? And <laughs> fewer deaths. And then yeah. Later, it got worse. Well, that just probably means that it got concentrated in some areas in your state where you had a lot of vulnerable people. So, you know, I'm not sure that I would, like, blame any particular policy for that. It might just be bad luck, too. 
Fair enough. It could very well happen. Now, Dr. Frank, you had you 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 you, you, you presented a thesis, maybe not quite that formal, but your your theory that you presented earlier, I'm just going to call it a thesis right now, is that we are at the the later stage as you as you just put it here of of the pandemic here. That the, the the pandemic has already been through the population to some extent and we are now in the later stages. If you would, please, just please elaborate on this uh, hypothesis for us here and, and, and tell us what the ev- some of the evidence, at least at a high level, a radio safe level, uh, the, the evidence that, that makes you theorize that that's where we're at in this pandemic. Well, let's just use your state for a minute. I can, I'm looking at your, the data for your state. You had a nice peak uh, in your um, in a nice, clearly definable peak in death back in, in late um, oh my gosh! It just it went off my screen. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, back at right, say in in May, and then yep. it started declining after that. Okay, so if if you track those deaths um, and continue to track that down, it, and I think you had six de- uh, eight deaths announced yesterday and six the day before. So yep. you're down in the low single. You're, you're headed to the low single digit. So if you're looking for evidence, that's the kind of evidence that's very useful. Um, like the county I live in, for example, in Warren County in Ohio, we haven't had a death in five weeks. And wow. that was one. And so it's, and when you look at the deaths, you'll see a peak. And it peaked uh, beginning to mid-April. You can see the peak, and it just goes right back down to zero. So that's the kind of evidence that I can show state by state has it's already happened. That's why that's the kind of data I like the, gov- the state websites to show, because then you can see where you actually stand. Uh, the the death's peak is over with, if, if that makes sense. And that so would be, it, that's the evidence that you use. So this would, and stop me if I'm wrong here, because I may very well be, but this would seem to jibe with a theory that was floating around the, the well, floating around online a few weeks ago. Uh, and of course, sorting the wheat from the chaff when it comes to am- amateur and professional scientists is is a is a difficult uh, difficult task, something you've sequestered yourself away from. And, and by the way, again, you're a lucky man. But there was, there was, there was a theory that bounced around uh, social media and, and the, the, the crowd that's interested in the subject that we are in the second wave. The second wave that the, the coronavirus task force has been warning us about is a, upon us and perhaps perhaps even expended. Is that, is that consistent with what you're, you're seeing in your models? I, I don't like the term second wave because it's really imprecise. Think yes. of it like there are two forests next to one next to one another. Um, and so the, the forest fire finishes up in the first forest and then starts in the second forest. That's really not a second wave. That's a continuation of the first one. But it makes the overall wave look like two, long, you know, two waves or a longer wave overall. And yep. it's, it, it happens, so there's those two forests so happen to be in two different states, then, you know, then the state, one state would look done and the other state would look like it's just starting up. In other words, it's kind of an imprecise definition. It it seems to me, you know, from the data that most of the peaks are about eight weeks long, but if, if a state, if the infection just keeps spreading from city to city to city to city, it just keeps prolonging, 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 then that's what happens. You end up, it makes it look like a long single wave. So it's a little imprecise. I think what most people think when they think second wave is we've had this big, massive amount of deaths. Okay, boom, it's, that's done. Now are we going to have another big wave of deaths? 
Well, that's hard to do if you think about it, because the forest fire has already been through and burned up the easy burn, easy to burn wood and easy to burn tinder. How do you start another forest fire in the same forest? That's hard to do. You need some time to build that up. So if, if we're going to have what I think most people think of as a second wave happen to us, I think it's going to be in the fall and the winter for the next flu season after we've kind of had a chance to have some more people become vulnerable and whatnot. Or, or if you use the example in New York, you know, those people get in the subway twice a day and basically breathe in each other's faces for, you know, however long they're on that thing. That was a perfect yeah. way to spread the disease rapidly and aggressively and quickly get a lot of people infected in a hurry and it worked. And, you know, obviously they suffered a lot of death there. Now imagine us uh, six months from now, half, you know, at least half of those people are probably still riding the same subways. Okay. Well, they don't, they're not available to carry the, the sickness anymore, right? They have the antibodies for it. And the people that they um, infected when they went home after work, those people have already gotten sick. And if, if, you know, sadly, if somebody in their family was vulnerable, they've already passed away. So the low-hanging fruit's already been picked. The vector, the easy vectors to exploit have already been exploited. So for there to be another major second wave right now, it's not easy to not easy to accomplish so it's it's going to be attenuated now honestly i was just analyzing the southern counties in america uh, this week and mexico has still not even peaked yet it is yeah. really having a bad epidemic down there and right. what's happening is in, in america we are bringing back american citizens and green card holders from Mexico who are infected and suffering. We're bringing them in and putting them in our hospitals. So that's an opportunity for a second major infection. If it stays confined in our hospitals and our healthcare workers, then that's probably good. But even then, we've kind of already had our epidemic, except that there's another phenomenon. All of our migrant workers are now coming into the country too. And so they're starting to show cases and whatnot around the country, especially in the cities where they target uh, for their immigration. So this is an opportunity for a new, it is a new infection. It's an opportunity to find out scientifically if we're really going to have a major second wave. If it's going to happen, this is it. This is the infection. Dr. Douglas Frank, I I planned on this interview lasting two segments. Uh, We've had a second (laughs) wave of calls coming in. Could we keep you for one more final segment here? I'd be delighted to stay. It's a short one anyway. We'll have another phone call on the line here. Uh, And I've got one last question. Actually, it may be above and beyond the epidemiological and statistical modeling. It may be the most important question of all, and one I think that a lot of people need to start asking people in the media, people in science, people in government. There's a cliffhanger for you. We'll be right back with that. Uh, We're talking with Dr. Douglas Frank. Time for another phone call, maybe even as well. So 651-289-4488. Go nowhere. Be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Now streaming on salemnow.com is the brand new film, Selfie Dad. 
Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of the Bible. Watch Selfie Dad at SalemNow.com and use promo code Minneapolis to save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Minneapolis. We're here with another satisfied JTR Roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that we're offering, as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional, and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. Get $5,000 of James Hardy siding for just $2,500 through this special offer from Archer Exteriors in this station. There's just one half-price siding offer. Go to the station's website, click on the half-off home makeover at the top of the page, or call the station now. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Don't forget, I will be back... In spirit, at least, next Saturday on my regular time with my annual 4th of July broadcast. It was recorded a year or so ago, but I'm still kind of proud of it. So I I run that rather than coming in and doing the show on the 4th of July or associated weekend. Brad Carlson, he might be back next Sunday. Either way, we'll be both back on the air the following Saturday and Sunday with the headliner and closer editions of the Northern Alliance. King Banyan, of course, Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Check out the whole Northern Alliance Radio Network. We've spent the entire hour with Dr. Douglas Frank because this just keeps getting more and more interesting. Uh, so I appreciate the, the imposition on your time. This has been fascinating stuff and very important for Minnesotans in particular, I think, to absorb the, nor- the, no- the news, the noise, and the news is not all good, but certainly different than what we're being fed by the media, which... You don't follow the media, so that's all good to do. Let's go to the phones in Minneapolis. Pat, you are on the Northern Alliance with Dr. Douglas Frank. Yes, hello. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear. Go right ahead. 
great. Well, I'm enjoying this. Uh, I didn't hear the whole thing, but I'm enjoying the parts that I have heard. As a senior, I have a question for um, the doctor, and I don't know if this is the field he's um, been researching, but I think I would feel more comfortable about the whole situation if, of course, there's a vaccine, but that may be a long time coming. I'm wondering if he could elaborate on anything he might know about therapeutics, that if a senior were to be quite ill, that there may be some therapies that could be helpful. I've heard some things like IV vitamin C or some other kind of things that boost the immune system that a Dr. Teresa Deicher has got in um, some clinical trials now. And the second question is I've heard also there's an increase in the 20-somethings, especially I think in Minnesota, that have contracted the virus. And wondered if that's a good thing because usually they are milder cases and maybe not as many deaths. They just have a stronger immune system, except those that may be compromised, which might be difficult. But I'm wondering what his thoughts are about that as well and, you know, about the therapeutics. Uh, Excellent questions. Thank you very much, Pat. Uh, Dr. Frank, the first question is, have you looked at all into the impact of any sort of therapeutics that are out there? A lot of experimentation going on. Nothing definitive and a whole lot of misinformation, disinformation, and media churn. Have you looked into that subject at all, Dr. Frank? I don't do that as part of my protocols. But I hear a lot of that stuff on the site because people are always posting things about it on there. But I would say, especially for this older lady, Pat, be healthy. Be as healthy as you can. That's the best way to defend yourself from getting the virus. It's hard to catch it if you're healthy. That's simple. So in terms of therapy, just, you know, eat right, sleep right, be healthy. That's a great way to do it. Um, I will say that I've lost 80 pounds in the last two years, and I've never missed them less than I have this last two months. So absolutely, health health is the best defense. Yeah, so, so the second... The second question is very timely here in Minnesota. Again, you may not may not have heard it, but then, especially given the lack of transparency that's crept into the Minnesota's yeah. uh, state of Minnesota's official releases, but we have the word has gotten out, especially from the local media, that a lot of the current victims, if you will, are younger people, people who frequent bars that have been slowly reopening, people who are in their twenties and thirties, who, at least on the face of things, are are less vulnerable. And so you've been hearing a lot about case counts, as you point out, very unreliable metric. Yes. Uh, not so much about hospitalization and death counts. Uh, Pat had a very good question there. What what uh, we are seeing and hearing an awful lot of uh, talk about younger people getting tested, coming up positive. Your perspective on this, Doctor Frank. Yes, I would. Um, if I were, you know, I'm talking to Minnesotans now. If I were you, yep. I would go to your state website and look at the the graph that shows you deaths versus date. And when you look at that, you're going to go, "Wow, we're almost done in this state," because you're going to see that the number of the total cumulative number of deaths is leveling out. It's not it's not changing much anymore. And you can kind of see the whole course of the epidemic. And you're going to say you're going to say to yourself, "Wow, we're done." So do that for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go to the site yourself and see that yourself. Now, let's talk about cases for a minute. Um, There's a problem with cases, and we haven't talked about it today yet, and that's false positives. Let's say you have zero people that have COVID in your um, community, and you have a test that's only 90% reliable. Well, every time you test 1,000 people, you're going to get 100 false positives. So you're going to report a lot of cases when there are no cases. Yeah. So that's a problem. And most of the tests aren't even good to 90% these days. I was just interviewing a respiratory therapist the other day, and she, 
she's saying that in the tests they use in the um, emergency rooms are only 60% reliable. So wow. you can imagine if they're doing a lot more testing, especially among the younger population, you're going to get a lot of false positives. So the first thing I would say is, whoa, were those people double tested, triple tested to confirm they had it, or were those just single tests? And what were the protocols they followed? And you see where I'm going. I don't necessarily trust those numbers just right out of the gate. I don't trust them. I would want to see the details. And, th- and then the second thing is she's right. They're younger. If, they, if they're infected, they're not really at health risk. And, you know, some people might even argue it's probably a good thing that they're out there drinking. You know, early on in the pandemic, I joked about it. I said we should send all of our vulnerable people to an island, and then the rest of us play a big spin-the-bottle game and spread it around. And then when, <laughs> when the uh, old, old vulnerable people come back, you know, there's really no way to transmit the virus. They're safer that way. It's like when I was a kid, my mom sent me to a chicken pox party. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. But I, I regrettably idea. am, although I, although I caught it the old-fashioned way by community transmission <laughs> at age 17. Unpleasant. Uh, so, Dr. Frank, we, we're down to yeah. what I thought was perhaps the most important question. We're down to maybe 40 seconds left here. But uh, yeah. the, the important thing here, I think, is that, that so, you pointed out early science is iterative, or at least it's supposed to be. This epidemic, yeah. especially here in Minnesota, has seen a lot of the use of science as an imperative our selection of science, the, the model we've chosen, is driving us to, to basically log roll pop, uh, the population into a course of action here. And that's been such a perversion of science. I don't, I don't know if we have even time to go into that. That's worth a couple segments all by itself. But, uh, Dr. Frank, maybe we need to talk about this again sometime because we are up against the clock here. But uh, you are, of course, uh, Dr. Douglas Frank. You're the proprietor of Dr. Frank Models. I posted the link to that at shotinthedark.info. Uh, it's been a fascinating hour. I mean, the, the Twitter uh, feed is blowing up with uh, comments about it. So I appreciate the, this hour. It's been a fascinating and uh, productive hour. Thank you very much for, uh, for talking with us today. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Don't be afraid, people, and don't listen to the cases. Go look into the information yourself. And we've been saying that for a few weeks here. I'm glad to have it confirmed. Dr. Frank, thank you very much. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. 651-289-4488 will be the number to call the next time we're on the air, which is two weeks out for me. Next uh, Saturday, the 11th, was the next time I'll be joining you here. So thanks for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America. Relief Factor. Effective pain relief that really really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. 
This is the central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, a film about Corey Ten Boom and her family's heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II and about her secret army of teenagers. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with the promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com. Use promo code MINNEAPOLIS. I love golf, and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all. The lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash-out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Vital Oxide is a great product American Pressure offers. What is Vital Oxide, you ask? It's an EPA list and certified disinfectant, also safe for no rinse on food surfaces. It's great against odors and will disinfect and sanitize against COVID-19. Plenty in stock. Order on our website at AmericanPressure.com. That's American.